Hey church family, welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. We're continuing in our short series titled Giving It Away. Now fear and want are two of the greatest things that keep us from living generously or as we're intended. Jacob makes his vow to tithe to God right after his miraculous vision of heaven. He makes the vow to tithe as a concrete way of keeping that vision real so he doesn't get distracted later on by all the worries and wants of life. He tithes to keep his priorities straight and to keep on seeing that vision of abundance and miracles. That's why we tithe, to remind ourselves what really matters and to commit to it. It's Augustine's right ordering of loves. Let's send it over to Pastor Matthias. Amen. Well, friends, this morning we are wrapping up the short series that we've had together uh, called Giving It Away. Uh, And as we've talked about last Sunday, the basic idea for this Sunday and last is that we, we don't just live in somewhat divisive times, but we also live in financially worrying times. We see headlines and rising prices. It's something that's on a lot of people's minds and the goal of worship and approaching the scriptures is to always see what scripture has to say to what's on our minds. So we've been taking a look uh, last Sunday and this Sunday just at finances and what scripture has to say about money, the way that we use it, the way we view it. Uh, Last Sunday we took a look at Christ and the Sermon on the Mount And this morning, we are hopping from Christ in the New Testament all the way back to the beginning of the Old Testament. We are going back to Genesis, uh, chapter 28, the story of Jacob. So our reading this morning is from Genesis uh, 28, verses 10 to 22. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night, because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a stairway set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning. He took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. 
He called the place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz the first. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking, will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord of truth and of grace, if this message speaks your truth, if it points to your grace, then let it be heard and let it be remembered by someone here. But Lord, if this message does not speak your truth, then let it be forgotten in an instant. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. By the time Jacob reached Bethel, all he could see were his problems and his worries. It's a long story involving a stolen inheritance, fraud, deception, and a lot of very bad decisions, but basically Jacob had just been cast out from his family and banished into the wilderness. And don't think about banishment in the ancient world as just needing to move or find a new job. Think of it as being evicted from the one safe haven in a post-apocalyptic horror movie. Jacob is now alone in an ancient world that preys on strangers. Jacob is now vulnerable to bandits and predators and all kinds of wild animals out on the road. He has very little money and no income. He is low on supplies, and he has no idea what even awaits him in the strange city of Haran that he is heading towards. By this point in the story, all Jacob can think about are that day's problems. All that he can feel is stress. All he can imagine are worst-case scenarios, and all he can see is the dark road ahead of him. And how many of us know what that's like? We may not be exiles in the wilderness or in the desert, but how many of us know exactly what it's like to get so caught up in all the stress and all the worries of today and so focused on all the bad news, the health problems, and the overwhelming responsibilities around us that we can't see anything other than the dark road it feels like we've gotten lost on. How many of us might feel like we're on that road right now, I wonder? Exhausted after yet another day, paralyzed by fear and worry about all the things that were going wrong, Jacob finally curls up to sleep, literally on the side of the road with nothing but a stone to use as a pillow. 
And that is when God gives Jacob something different to see. In his sleep, we're told that Jacob looks up and sees something unimaginably beautiful. He sees heaven's light breaking through the dark. He sees a stairway leading up to heaven. And because I know someone here is thinking it, no, our final hymn today was not written by Led Zeppelin. But he sees heaven and earth linked by a ladder, a stairway of some kind. He sees angels coming and going on it as they make sure that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But the most astounding thing that Jacob sees is standing right next to him. Verse 13, and the Lord stood beside him. God, it seems, has been standing next to Jacob in the dark the whole time. He just couldn't see it. God makes Jacob a promise, the same promise he made to Abraham at the start of Genesis. He promises to build him up and to keep him, to make him a blessing through whom the whole world will be blessed, to guide him wherever he goes, and in an instant, Everything changes for Jacob. With that one vision, Jacob goes from being a vulnerable outcast to being someone protected by the Lord Almighty. He goes from being a failed sinner to being someone with a God-given destiny, and he goes from being someone who could only see a dark road ahead of him to someone who has seen heaven's light above him. And when he wakes up, Jacob is ecstatic. He's overwhelmed. He praises God. He puts up a pillar. He sets up a shrine to mark the place as holy ground. He renames the spot Beth-El, which literally means house of God. He vows that God will be his God forevermore. And after all of that, Jacob makes a vow to tithe to give one-tenth of all that God gives him in this life back to God. This stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, Jacob vows, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Now, at first glance, there's nothing unusual about that. Jacob is not the first person in Scripture to tithe to God, and he certainly won't be the last. However, if you sit with the story and pick it apart a little bit, there is one thing that's really odd about Jacob's vow. Namely, Jacob vows to give 10% of all he has to God without being told or asked to do so. Think about it. In God's speech that we just heard, God doesn't tell Jacob that he must tithe. None of the angels coming and going on the stairway tell him that he is obligated to give part of his income. 
And while you might think, ah, but Pastor Matthias, generosity and tithing are in the scriptures. And yes, they are. They are everywhere in the scriptures. Remember, this is Genesis. There are no scriptures at this point in history. There isn't even a Jewish people yet. There is no Torah. There is no Old Testament laws to teach Jacob that he should tithe or be generous. In other words, Jacob's decision to commit part of his income to God on a regular basis is entirely Jacob's idea and Jacob's decision. Jacob doesn't tithe because he's commanded or obligated to or required to. No, Jacob vows to tithe because somehow for Jacob, the tithe is what's going to keep his eyes on the vision of heaven he's seen, no matter how dark the road ahead may get. Now, I'll admit, tithing is not a very popular spiritual discipline these days, at least not in our context. According to at least one study that I saw this week while I was doing my research, one study found that 75 to 90 percent of regular American churchgoers don't tithe today. And if you don't, that's all right. This sermon is not meant to be a guilt trip. And the lesson to take away from Jacob's choice to tithe is not you are obligated to, but the reason we're talking about tithing and generosity and the reason why we're talking about tithing as it relates to worry and to stress and to being overwhelmed is because as a spiritual discipline, tithing is about re framing, reorienting, or in a word, it's about conversion. As the great Henry Nouwen once put it, to be converted means to experience a deep shift in how we see and think and act. To be converted is to be clothed in our right mind. It is a shift of attention in what we set our mind on divine things. That is what tithing and what generosity in general is supposed to be about. It's about being converted from one way of looking at the world to another, from seeing the world as a place of terrible uncertainties to a place of possibilities. It's about reframing the way we think about ourselves from exiles out on an endless, stressful journey to chosen children who have been given a gift. And it's about reorienting our minds from all the worries, all the fears, all the problems, all the things that consume us to all the great ideals, all the causes, all the values, all the lights that inspire us. Giving isn't supposed to be about guilt or obligation. It's supposed to be about giving away our vision of a dark road as we give our 
time, our attention, our resources, ourselves to God's new vision of heaven's light and the God who stands beside us. And while there are all kinds of practices and routines and disciplines that help with that reframing and that reorientation, there's, there's prayer, there's worship, there's volunteering and scripture reading, few practices are as effective or as long-lasting as regular giving because, let's be honest, money makes things real for us. Why do you think real estate agents, college applications, and even hotel rooms sometimes ask for a deposit? Because if you're willing to put money towards something, it means you're committed to it. It's real for you. We give our resources towards the things we give our attention to. And Jacob, Jacob needed God to be a priority on that very dark road. The road ahead of him to Haran was still very, very long. He still had all kinds of problems to face, chores to complete, things to be anxious about, and so Jacob chooses on his own to commit to giving some part of what he has to God on a regular basis because Jacob needs something that will keep lifting his eyes up from the dark problems around him to the heaven's light that is over him. Tithing may not be the most popular spiritual discipline today, but it is still one of the most useful that the scriptures have to offer because it's a weekly reminder that there are always more important things than whatever fires we happen to be putting out this week. Tithing reminds us again and again and again that as bleak as our world may sometimes seem, there is always light breaking out above us, and as alone as we sometimes feel, there is always someone standing beside us. As John Ortberg put it, tithing is to our possessions what the Sabbath is to our time, a concrete guideline that points beyond itself to the truth that every moment and inch and scrap of our lives come from the hand of God and will be returned to God. I like that idea. Tithing isn't just about remembering who our stuff belongs to. It's about remembering who we belong to. That's what tithing does for me after a week of paying utility bills and car payments and credit card statements and doctor's bills. Because if there is anything that I have learned about having a baby, it is the doctors will charge you for it until that baby is two years old. <laughs> After a week of all that, when I see that little email from Alexio saying, thank you for your donation, it's a small reminder that all those bills and all those problems are not the most 
important things going on in my life right now. And it's a reminder that no matter how the markets may change, what headlines may come tomorrow, or where the road may lead after Bethel, today's urgent worries aren't my ultimate priority or purpose. That is why Jacob vows to tithe for his own sake, on his own, and why he does it at the most worrying point in his life. Because it's the tithe that is going to help Jacob keep that vision of heaven at the front of his mind wherever the road may lead next. So we may not be exiles in the wilderness. We may not have to worry about banishment and bandits. We may not fall asleep tonight using a stone for a pillar or as a pillow, but in our own ways, we are all out on that dark road by Bethel. Every day we see headlines about wars and inflation. We face health problems. We pay rising costs for gas and groceries. We feel overwhelmed at work. We care for aging parents. We worry about young kids. We all have our reasons to worry, and we all know what it is like to get so caught up in the problems of today that the dark road around us becomes all that we can see. But the good news is that isn't all there is to see. There are always places where heaven and earth can meet in the most miraculous ways. There are always glimpses of God's light breaking over our lives. There are always reasons to look up and see the God who is standing beside us. The only question is, how will we choose to see it? Will we pray and silence the world for a while? Will we volunteer, serve, and get swept up in something bigger than ourselves? Will we give ourselves away as we choose to give the things all the things that we have to all the things that make just a little bit of heaven's light break through into this dark world. So this morning, I would invite you, or I'd encourage you, if you've, if you've never tried it before, to give tithing a shot. There are maybe, I think there's about two months, a little over 60 days between now and the holidays, the new year. And if you want, if you feel led, I'd invite you to give Jacob's discipline a try for just that time, the rest of the year. You don't have to give 10%. I know we are all in very different situations, and for some folks, 10% can be too much. But however much you're able to give, and wherever you feel called to give it, I'd invite you to try tithing. And if you want to, someone will be out at the welcome station in a green vest. They can help you set it up. 
but, or if you'd rather not, that's perfectly fine. But whatever it is, whatever practice and however you do it, we all need some routine, some discipline, some habit, some practice that stops us in our busy schedules and brings our attention back to the things that matter every day, every week. Because no matter how dark or overwhelming our lives feel sometimes, we aren't defined by the worries that follow us down the road. We're defined by the one who stands beside us on that road. And no matter how long we may walk in the dark, we live by the light that we have seen. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, may you open up the heavens this morning to show us the light that is breaking through whatever darkness we face and to lift our eyes to see you standing there beside us. God, come and meet us on whatever road we find ourselves on and remind us that today's problems and pains are not all there is, are not all that defines us. But God, give us glimpses of heaven and earth made one. Give us the faith and the generosity to be a part of it. And God, help us to worship you, honor you, and chase after you with all our attention, all our priorities, all that we are, all that we have, that we might live in ways that make us your blessing to someone who needs to see your light, and we might continue down our road in ways that never stop reminding us of your light and your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed and that you are a blessing. Go in peace.